already at the pen. And I know I'm running my running my head. <laughs> but it's good to see Bobby, it's good to see have you back. Yeah. It's good to have you back. You served and been praying for you. And now many others. Many yeah. others. Good to have Mitchell back. Good to have Mitchell back. Mitchell. I understand Mitchell might pass his kidney stone what this morning or last night. Last night, yeah. Yeah. And uh He'll show you Billy Bob. He's going to get back to church. Really. Yes. He sure does. But anyone else? Y'all remember Glenn Fresh? He came this morning. Both of them had some cancer taken off this Michael, he's driving on down uh, today. Yeah, he's going to be with his mom for at least a couple of weeks. Yes, I mean, to pray for Michael, I was fixing to mention that. And uh, we, we've got so much to pray for. And Bo is going to be, uh, he's got an appointment at MD Anderson, and uh, that's Tuesday week. Uh, he's got a first appointment out there. So uh, I'm excited about you going out there, bro. I'm excited. Excited about this, but I'm definitely pray for Lower Linda during this time. Anyone else? Robert Nell. Robert Nell, yes. I always lift them up in our prayers. And Bonnie. Yes. And, and you, because you, you've agreed to go with us out there because you're familiar with MB Anderson, and you'll have to put up with me and Linda together for three days. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have lots of stories. Yeah, lots of stories. I know when Delaney and I went to Indy Anderson, we got so close during that time. But he loved Christmas songs. We sang Christmas songs. <laughs> I there, so we won't sing no Christmas songs. Oh, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, we had the best time. I'm looking forward to going. I tell you, looking forward to going. But anyhow, anyone else? Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, let's uh, let's go in the let's go in Lord's prayer. And uh, Bobby, I'm uh, can I call on you prayer? I just mentioned you prayer with you. Okay. Our Heavenly Father, we bow this morning, thanking you, God, for your mercy and grace, God. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, for the blessings that you yes, give us, Lord. Thank you, God, 
Heavenly Father, for those, God, who, whose hearts, God, have, have a heart of love, God, those that, that pray, God, to a God that hears, Lord. We thank You, God, for the earnest prayers of Your people this morning. We thank You, God, for Your blessing from on high, God. We thank You, God, for visiting with us when we come together in Your name, Lord. We thank You, God, for our pastor, for our, our church, for every member, dear God. We thank You this morning, Lord, for our family, dear God, and our spouse, God. Heavenly Father, we thank You, God, for all our spouses this morning, Lord. Lord, You just blessed us so. We pray this morning, God. Heavenly Father, that we're able this morning, God, with Your help to lift You up, dear Lord, where You need to be this morning, God. Heavenly Father, that we can praise You as You as you are worthy of, dear God. Yes, God. Heavenly Father, that we can put away the things of this world, God, and the things that hinder us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, and turn our eyes to glory this morning for a little while, God. I forget about what's happening later, dear God. But Heavenly Father, let's, let us enjoy the, uh, the rest and the comfort and yes, the peace, God. dear God. Yes, Heavenly God. Father, and the sanctuary that is in You, Lord Jesus. And we pray today, God, understanding, dear Lord, that You are our all in all this morning. And we yes. give thanks and praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for our prayer. Seven oh four. Look page seven oh four.
and I would appreciate it if everybody remembered kindly. It's tough to uh, have little ones with injuries and illnesses and stuff. It's, it's kind of <coughs> see that. Good to be here. Good yes. to see everybody back. Uh, especially, or they mentioned uh, Bobby and Mitchell. Y'all been been missed while you've been gone. And a lot of prayers and thoughts uh, have gone your way. Have gone God's way for it in your behalf. Um, have y'all ever lost anything? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is maybe a little funny. I was thinking, I'm, I'm outside a lot, and when I was a little fellow, maybe Kelton size, I found a rock in the woods that was, to me, it was a special rock. It was about the size of a baking potato. The one end was broken off of it, and it was hollow. It was a geode, is what it was. And the inside of it sparkled. It was crystals all in it. And I carried that rock around with me. You know, it was, I guess it was my blanket or something. But I, that rock, you know, I'd lay it on the side of the porch or I'd lay it somewhere. I lost the rock. And I never have found it. But I told the lady one day, I said, one of these days when I was there digging a hole to plant an azalea or something, I may find that rock again. If I do, I'm going to take better care of it this time. But you know, we got one uh, in, in the scriptures. Um, I'm going to read in just a minute in John, um, the uh, tenth chapter of John. We've got one that's got us in his hand, and he's not going to lose us. That's right. He's not going to lay us down somewhere and forget where he put us. Uh, put us, you know, under a tub somewhere and get covered up. He's not going to do it. Uh, I, I was reading this this morning, and uh, I saw it on the church sign somewhere, and, and the sign just says, "My sheep." Hear my voice, and I know them, or something like that. Just you know, just a little caption on that sign. I got thinking about that, and uh, if you want to turn, it's the tenth chapter, John, the twenty-seventh verse, and it says, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me." is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And that's all I'm going to read today. Um, uh, just the thought that when, when He saves us, uh, there's nothing a man can do to get that away from us. Uh, we can we can do things to destroy our influence and, and you know and stuff like that, but um, that salvation is locked in sin, and, and it says that um, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hands. So that is a that's an eternal security right there. That that you know sometimes even though I do things that that make me doubt myself. Why, why would I do something like that? Why would I think something like that? When it all comes down to it, the part that's doing that is this part you see. And this part that you see is not saved. This, this part you see is going to go back to dust just uh, like any other, any other uh, living organism. When it, when it passes, it's going to go back to dust. But the part that's saved is secure. And that's the eternal part. You know, this this 
this light that we walk is just a, a twinkle. It's just a, a, a glimmer. But that eternal life goes on into something that our mind can't comprehend. My mind can't comprehend eternity. This, you know, my mind's fine. It's got a beginning and an end. I, that's, I see the beginning and the end of things. You know, you buy a car and it's new and shiny. Ten years later, it's a ten-year-old car. And it's on its last legs. You know, and you buy a house and it's new and shiny. And then by the time you get rid of that house, it's not as new and shiny. You know, we think of things in finite manners, but the the soul is an infinite thing. That the time is an infinite thing, and that's what he's talking about. That part. No man can rich away from God or Jesus. They, they've got it locked up as secure, and it's not going to get away. And, uh, not going to be lost. Anyone got anything you'd like to say? I don't want to take up too much time this morning. I know we're... Brother Roger, yeah. a lady at the nursing home that worked with my sister Lisa quoted that scripture to my sister and kept cupped her hands together and witnessed to my sister Lisa and Lisa in her heart said, that's what I want. I want that. And so that lady's witness to my sister in that very scripture you read caused her to talk Jeff into going to church with her the next Sunday morning when they both got saved. We'd never know, did we? Never know. Uh, I remember Elaine's dad one time, was, discussion was going on about eternity. What's eternity? How long's eternity? And, you know, and he worked at U.S. Steel, and there were railroad tracks all over the plane out there where they, you know, they carried equipment and raw materials and stuff. And he said they were talking about it one day, and he looked down, and there was an ant walking down a railroad track. And he said, if that ant went back and forth across that track, and he walked that track until he wore it out, there wasn't any track left. That'd just be a glimmer in eternity. Just be a glimmer of time in eternity. Right. You know, it, it, it's something we can't comprehend, but it's, it's real. It's real. Anyone else got anything you'd like to say this morning? Roger, in the way of announcement, I, I mentioned this earlier for those that don't know. Uh, one of the former pastors here, Brother Blakesley, his mother passed away on yes. Friday, and I just uh, I know we appreciate our prayer. Her service will be uh, tomorrow at 12. At Bethlehem in Gallup. Bethlehem United Baptist Church, And we'd like to say that uh, we had a good time over at Susan Moore Friday afternoon with kids. Yes, and, um, that's what our second, third year, third year to do that. And that's a, probably the politest bunch of kids and best behaved, well mannered kids that I've seen in a while. They just, they just seem to be. Orderly and, and very and, and very grateful and thankful for the food that the ladies prepared for them. They, they were really appreciative. So makes it worthwhile when you think it's appreciated. If there's not anything else at this time, we'll take our classes.
Roger mentioned uh, going to Susanmore, and that was a great time. And I want to compliment the great job that Pam did bringing the devotion to those children. That you did a great job, Pam. Great job. Um, I'm just waiting on the details when you're talking about the things y'all did. You never did anything. <laughs> I didn't want to go that far with <laughs> No. That's planting seeds in the wrong direction. That's planting weeds is what that is. Last, last Sunday after church, Brother Michael told me that he would be uh, gone this week. And as it turned out, I had to leave Friday morning. Uh, I'm not Friday. That was on Sunday, he told me, and I had to leave early the next morning to be gone all week. Got back Friday, and uh, I called Brother Bobby a couple of times while I was gone. I just felt like, uh, in hopes that Brother Bobby would be back, I just had an impression I felt like to ask him to teach a lesson. But first time I called him, I just backed out. I said, well, he, you know, he, I don't need to put that on him, uh, and I know he's not well, we just hope he'll be at church Sunday. But that didn't go away, Brother Bobby. So I called him back after a couple more days and said, and by the way, you think he might be able to uh, uh, teach her a lesson on Sunday? And he uh, agreed, and we start today, if I followed it correctly, second chapter Romans, verse 12. So you pray for Brother Bobby as he shares the lesson with us. And thank you, Brother Bobby. I got to fess up or float my sixes or whatever you got, whatever the terminology is there. But uh, I reluctantly agreed. I was afraid. Um, well, I've been out of church for two weeks. And uh, I was uh, afraid that, I, well, I was just looking forward to coming back and being taught and being preached to and listening to the singing. I wasn't looking forward to coming back and doing anything, Brother Bo. I was, <laughs> I, I was coming back just, just to be lifted. And then I realized after I talked to Brother Chris uh, that the Lord knows what I need more than, than I do. And, and I definitely, definitely already know in my life, because I'm 60 years old, I've learned this lesson. My wants don't necessarily agree with what God's plans are. And... Brother Steve, I'm thankful for that too. Uh, the blessings that's come my way. And I also know this. Um, there's judgment in disobedience. But there's blessings in obedience. Uh, this morning our lesson, I, I, Brother Chris told me who had taught and how far they had taught. And I think uh, in the second chapter of Romans, um, we're going to start on the 12th verse and and we realize here what this whole chapter is about. And I, and, I, and I can't start without going back and covering this. Um, this whole chapter is about basically the judgment of God. From front to back. From the beginning to the end of this chapter. And the, the common theme is we're not going to escape the judgment of God. Um, and it goes into the law. explains the law very well. Um, but we get to the point here to where we start talking about those that that uh, that didn't have the law from God to them. 
And uh, that's where we're going to start at in verse 12. Uh, verse 12 is basically a carry-on from verse 11. <coughs> and we'll just go back and read verse 11. It says, For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law, law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. I love the way that's said. The, the hearers of the law are not just, but the doers of the law shall be what? Justified. Amen. Amen. For when Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. And we're going to stop right there for a little while. We'll read some more if we get there. Actually, verse 17 through verse 29 at the end of the chapter is basically one thought there. And uh, we may get into it and, and, and we'll see how far we get. But uh, I, I, I know verse 11 has been covered, but I want us to, to, to remember this. I, I, I've heard people say uh, that God is no respecter of persons when they compare themselves to somebody who, who's wealthy or somebody who's in authority or somebody who has uh, been blessed more than they have or somebody... Uh, actually, if we look and stay in context in the Scripture, that's, uh, that is basically uh, Paul here and I'm going to go away with this in a minute, but... Uh, that's Paul here explaining to him that nobody's going to escape judgment. Not, 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 not the Jews. Not, not the Greeks. Those that didn't have the law. Uh, none of the Gentiles. They're not, they're not going to escape judgment either. And, and then he goes on to explain that. And I love the way the Apostle Paul teaches the doctrine here. Uh, he said, For as many have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many that as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. There's one thing in common there. If there's sin, there's perishing. And then if there's, if there's law, there's judgment. Um, we we, we kind of have a sense of fairness when we consider ourselves that that really tends to lean our way, doesn't it? Um, that's our nature. The nature of this flesh is to be self-serving, isn't it? Um, we're lovers of self by nature. Um, it's easy for me to love me, but it's a little bit harder for me to love someone else. Uh, there's some effort in that sometimes. Sure. Um, but God's saying here, you're not excused. Um, just because you didn't have the law uh, presented in you. And an apostle explains it very well. Um, and he talks about when he said in verse 13, he said, For not the hearers of the law are just before God, 
but the doers of the law shall be justified. And that brings me back to what he covers in verse 17 through 29 that we hadn't got to yet. But uh, this is the beginning. This is a segue into that. Um, because uh, nobody has an excuse for sin. That's right. Not the Jew. Certainly not the Jew. They had the law presented to them. A very precise and definite law. And uh, what the Jews did with that law was become prideful. Uh, basically, because they were hearers of the law and not doers of the law, they used that to uh, consider themselves above other people. Uh, to them, the Gentiles were <coughs> dogs. They were just animals running around. Um, those that were without the law that that didn't have a moral conscience, which Paul talks about them being a law unto themselves, those that didn't, those that were wicked, um, were referred to as the heathen. Uh, sometimes, those that were a mix of basically what we call in our day good people. There's a lot of good people that have never been saved by the grace of God. Uh, in fact, I heard uh, a preacher from the pulpit one day said it's harder to... No, maybe it was a teacher. My been Brother Michael some years ago talked about how much harder it is to reach a good man than a lost man. Uh than an evil man that was lost. Because a good man doesn't have a lot of bad things on his conscience. And an evil man, his conscience is always calling out and crying out. I heard a commentary say it was like a thousand witnesses. Is <coughs> what your conscience is. I know this many times that uh, nobody the Lord knows what was in my heart the thought, the evil that I thought to do or maybe for a split second desire to do and then try to repent and took a while. Uh, nobody knows that but my conscience knew it. Uh, and if I let that thing simmer and not repent on it, by the time I get back over to the house of God, that thing's eating me up. It is. And I'm glad of it this morning. I'm glad of it. But those that had never had the law, it, 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 you say, where does their moral conscience or moral compass come from? Well, I, I'll just be honest with you, I can't find Scripture. This is the nearest Scripture I got to basically uh, explaining this idea, but for me to wrap my head around it, I thought about the analogy that we use about a dark place and how you can put a, light, a candle way back in a cave and you can see, as long as there's direct line of sight, you can see that light for a long way. You can see something out in the darkness of space for a very long ways. And, and, and I can't help but think that there was a light that God shined from that law that carried farther than His people. We know it did. You say, how did it, brother? Well, because everybody that came into the city uh, when God gave a blessing on His people, He gave it to His people, to their servants, and to the strangers that was within their gates. 
When God shines His light, He don't call nobody. And so whenever God's judgment comes, He's not going to call anyone else. He's definitely not going to call me. I promise you that. He's already shown me that. Uh, and that may be why I'm teaching this lesson. It may be a reminder this morning. I'm pretty sure it is, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure it is. But he said, For when the Gentiles who don't have the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In other words, they're agreeing. Uh, several of them are agreeing and considering one another in this matter. In other words, it's a, it is a uh, societal norm at that point, I believe. Uh, where it, you're expected to treat people right in, in that form. And, and I'm, I'm sure that some did some things that they were stoned for. And that was a societal thing. Uh, I don't know that the Gentile stoned people, they may have hanged them. Uh, I know this, the rulers had some pretty cruel ways of administering punishment. Um, but when you had a, a king or a ruler, uh, pretty much they were in charge of the law at that point. Uh, but when you got uh, uh, a little town or a community or a group of people, um, they're, they're going to be a law unto themselves. They're going to have to govern themselves. We kind of have that in a sense here in the U.S. Uh, you know, we've got county government. We've got state government. We've got federal government. We, we've got the ability to decide some things for ourselves. Uh, we have a right to decide whether or not uh, we want to attend church at the house of God. If we want to be with God's people this morning. Um, and being somebody that's missed two Sundays, uh, the first Sunday that I missed, the day I went to the ER, um, I was feeling guilty sitting at home. I was, I wanted to be here. And I thought about everybody at church and everything that everybody's going through. And everybody's still going to be here. Thought about you, Brother Bo. Talk about how much struggle it is on Sunday morning and what you have to, the diversity y'all have to go through. And uh, you too, sister. And, uh, and I thought, here I lay in bed. And as soon as that thought hit me, then came the chills and I went to shaking and couldn't even text on my phone. And for the next little while, you'll have to ask Pam what happened because I'm not very clear on it. But I'll tell you this. Uh, my, attention, my attention was gotten. Um, I was sick. A lot sicker than I thought I was. And I'm going to tell you, the devil, the devil will use anything he can to get you down. Sure. He certainly will. He's, he's sneaky. He's underhanded. And he's left-handed and right-handed. He'll come at you in both directions. So here we are looking at the law. Let's look at it in two directions this morning. The law is to what? It was our what? It was our schoolmaster. It showed us what we are by nature. 
and how that we could not within ourselves keep the law. Nonetheless, there's judgment. Um, there are those who took the law as a birthright. And they what they talk about later in the Scripture here about resting on the law. Like it was going to be their salvation. The law never was sent for salvation. It was sent for blessing. If we do that and keep God's commandments and statutes and keep the law, then we would be blessed, wouldn't we? That's certainly the truth. And if we don't keep the law, we will be judged. And God is no respecter of persons. You Greeks, you're not getting out of it. And I thought about us, and, and I know we, if we make it to the 17th verse, that's where the preacher and Paul just gets in. Brother Ricky, I think he just, I can just see him voice picking up, and I can just see him turning loose right there. You know, do you not judge yourselves? Um, you know, uh, he talks about some things. He says, God forbid. So what we see is a, a, a nation of Jews, a Jewish nation, that has forgot the purpose of the law, forgot what the law's job was, and took the law under their arm like it is their badge and their free ticket just because... They're from the lineage of Abraham. And uh, I'm glad this morning that the lineage of Abraham is represented by those who carried on the faith that Abraham had. And that the judgment of God is, is uh, and God's wrath is turned away because we believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. Brother Bobby, I, I think that, you know, um, God is, is not a respecter of person. Um, it is, is taken way too, too uh, broadly. Mm -hmm. uh, he sees our soul. And the ground is level at Calvary. Amen. But um, and and we wonder, you know, about these pygmies in in the South Pacific or something that's never seen a white man or, you know, but but we don't have to worry about that. That's yeah. in God's hands. Right. And um, but uh, when God made the law. He wrote down ten things. Now man added a, a few thousand more. And um, but then Christ cut it at five thirty you percent know, or let put back thirty percent of it. Um, he he said, you know, you should love your Love thy God and with all your heart and all the mind, and honor your father and mother, and treat your brother as the way you want to be treated. So he, uh, and that's what we need to do. Um, I'm not like I don't think this the the way that 
you know, if a thought comes across my mind and, and I, I'm thinking, golly, what, what, why did I even think that? That's not sin. That, that is temptation. And we choose what we do with that. Right. Now, if we dwell on it and we act on it, that's sin. But just the act of thinking on it just one time is not sin. Uh, what if you dwell on it, though? But if you dwell on it, or if you act on it. Mm -hmm. You're going to act on it if you dwell on it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, uh, you know, like you started out, there is no um, way made that what you see or what I see in you is doing anything other than going back to dust. Because what will what has already stood in judgment um, is that part of me that Christ put in me, mm -hmm. and that that's the only good thing about what you see is that Christ indwells in in me, and you know, and and I this is just my opinion and. and we won't argue over it. Um, I think that sometimes we have a hard time um, controlling what you see because he's jealous. He he wanted. He knows there's no way for him, and uh, he wants to go to heaven too. But and that's why I think the most. The, the biggest thing we deal with on a daily basis is who we look at in the morning when we brush our teeth. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, when we were kids, Flip Wilson said, that, or Geraldine said, the devil, the, made, the devil, devil made me do it. It was what was inside of him that made him do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't, you know, I, and, and I think sometimes we we get lost in the minutia of, of sin. The only re the only sin that will send us to hell is unbelief. That's and you know I personally don't think that God hears a sinner's prayer unless he's praying for God to come into his heart. And uh, that's the only thing that I. I personally, and that's, you know, it's hard to, there'll, there'll be a, a lot of folks that go to hell that, that says, you know, look what I did for the church, yeah. and look oh, what sure. I did for the community, but now, and, and the, that is a, a going across our land like wildfire, yeah. is that if you do so, you know, good things for your community, and good things for your church, that's good enough. But it's not. No, it's not. But, um, and I, I've spoken my two cents. So. <laughs> Anyone else got anything to like add? Because I definitely need your help this morning. I, I'm not sure I can get this out like, like I can see it, but um, you talked about the devil working with, with both hands. Uh -huh. And, uh, 
I see, and you know, I taught school for a long time, and I saw the temptation that these kids had, and, and how some of them would just grab them with both hands, and how they wouldn't. And the devil definitely has a part in all of that. But to me, in in our country today, the main thing the devil is doing is saying there is no God. You don't need the church. You don't need the, need God in your life. And that's the worst thing that he can do. And the people in our country are licking that up like candy. Sure. Sure we are. Because we want to replace God with ourselves. Exactly. Sure. And that's the way the flesh is. And that's what Brother Bo was talking about. That's the way it's always been. Yeah, but that's not new. No. It's from Did the God really say? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, as a country, it's new because mm -hmm. we were founded on these gospel principles, but now the devil is stirring his lips saying, no, we weren't. That's a fairy tale. You know, people are just trying to well, control you and that kind of stuff. And it, it bothers me, I guess, the way that uh, what blessings we've had through, through the Lord all these years, and now we're just doing it away with both hands, I guess that's what Go ahead, buddy. most sinister thing that Satan has done is getting evolution taught in the schools to teach that God did not create the earth but everything evolved. Now you've got all these children in these schools leaving that. When they open this book, the very first verse of this book says, in the beginning, God created yeah. the heavens and the earth. He's got them not believing the first verse. Why should they believe anything else? Yeah. Right. I like it the way Brother uh, uh, he's at Antioch Second Baptist, Brother Dale Young. Young. He said it this way, God created a mature world. He certainly did. And He created it for a purpose. And it will serve its purpose. Um, back to what the devil said. Um, he said, Thou shalt not surely die. He twisted God's word. Didn't he? And he made it different than what God said. God said, You shall, in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Satan said, You shall not surely die. Change one word. That's the, that's the confusion. That's, the, that's his job. But back into this chapter now, it's like Brother Bo said, this chapter is dealing with us. It's dealing with the judgment that we'll face. It's dealing with the law. Those who had the law written to them. Uh, those who, who weren't able to keep it. And here I is. I didn't even get to where I was going to go just now. Well, but, let me make one more point, Brother before I run out of time or I'll forget it. I'll just be honest as I can be this morning. But um, how many? Now we, we, we can hold we can hold our hats and, and look down on the Jews for their holding on to the law, saying we are of Abraham, we're okay, we're we're good with God, we've got a way to God. Um, even though we're trying to get rich off of His word, we're we're trying to get rich uh, off of His people. We're trying to oppress those lower than us. Um, and, and sit in the high seats in the synagogue. Uh, it's all for our pride and for our vain glory. 
Um, how many have found and believed in the salvation of God and got saved and then turned and never united with the church, lived like they want to live, uh, they say, oh, that's okay, I've been saved, I can do whatever I want. And they live just however they want, them themselves, being their own law, their own God. How many have faced the wrath of God and the judgment of God in that respect in the same way that the Jews held the law in their prideful way? How many? When we look at when we look at it, we, we we are have no excuse having the Spirit of God dwelling within us, crying out against us moving in the wrong direction. Feel guilty for a thought, Brother Bo, when there's no sin actually committed. We can go that far. We can uh, we can look down on those around us. And we can even be hard-hearted toward the church of the living God and His people who gather together as humbly as they do simply because we've got the same wrong heart in us that the Jews had. And there will be judgment coming our way. You say, brother, if somebody's been saved, they're going to go to heaven. There will be judgment in this life. They'll face the consequences of their disobedience in this life. What, what was my opening statement that you've all agreed with? There is judgment in disobedience, but there's blessings in obedience this morning. Uh, how far did we get? 217. 217, did we make it? Yeah. No, we didn't. <laughs> Paul said this, verse 16, and I'll quit. I'm sorry, Brother Wayne here. I, I'm the one keeping us late this morning. He said this, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. And I wanted to get into what Paul was talking about there with my gospel. But I guess we'll leave verse 16 for next week, Brother Chris. You or Brother Mike, well, do you want it, Brother Chris? Next week? Unless you get somebody to do it. But... Uh, I wish you'd have had a better teacher this morning, but I'm thankful for the opportunity. God bless you. Brother Wayne.